Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. So glad you joined us for yet another study in the book of Mark, which is quickly coming to a close. Have a beautiful, beautiful postcard picture today from the state of Hawaii. Is Hawaii our 50th state or 49th? I think it's our 50th. Anyway, uh, this was a card purchased on vacation by Keith and Gloria Gilbert. Keith and Gloria are from California, and Gloria just had her last chemo treatment, and this trip to Hawaii, from what I understand, was kind of a celebratory trip to just thank the Lord for His healing and for His grace. I love what she says in her postcard. She says, God won cancer zero. I love that. And uh, thanks for the reminder of the uh, importance of the Bible day by day in our trials. Gloria said some nice things about the podcast, and thanks for the postcard. Hey, we are in Mark chapter 15. We are on the cross with Jesus in this story, and these are dark hours, obviously, as the sin of the world has been laid upon the Son of God. I love to quote that verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where the Bible says, He, that's God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Sometimes you've heard that, that doctrine called the doctrine of imputation. Imputation. What does that mean? That means that God imputed the sins, your sins and mine, the sin of the world, to Jesus so that the righteousness of Jesus could be imputed to us. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And what a great truth that is. And that took place in space and time. When Jesus went to the cross as the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. And the Bible says here in verse number 33, and when the sixth hour was come. So sixth hour would be 12 o'clock noon. So six, the day began at 6 a.m. By the third hour, he was on the cross. And now the sixth hour, noontime, watch what happens The sixth hour was come. There was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. So this eclipse or whatever the the apparatus was by which God made the whole land dark. Imagine just the fear that people would have as this, this strange phenomenon took place. And the whole world went dark, or that part of the world at least went dark. Why? Why the darkness? I think there's a symbolic darkness there. The fact that Jesus is is 
bearing the sin of the world and the darkness and sin and darkness always go together. Uh, the fact that the wrath of God was poured out upon the sin of the world in the person of the Lord Jesus, uh, that uh, no one should be able to look on to, to that kind of an eternal thing. And that's what was happening there on the cross. Verse number 34, and at the ninth hour, so for those three hours, three hours in human time, but an eternity of suffering as Jesus vicariously suffered for the sins of the world in those hours. where the Bible says, and at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So Jesus spoke in Aramaic would be the language he would have spoken in the normal tongue. And so he cried out in Aramaic, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. But then the interpretation is given here, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, interestingly, Jesus refers to his father in this cry as my God, my God. Why? Because in that sense, uh, Jesus was bearing the sin of the world. Looking at God as the justice, the, the God of justice, the God who righteously can bring wrath down upon sin. Why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, a sense of abandonment as Jesus became sin for us. And a God and sin obviously cannot coexist. A God is all holy and all righteous. And the righteousness of God stood in stark contrast to the sin of the world. And what a, what a cry of anguish as God the Son bears the, the price of sin for a fallen world. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He suffered forsaking so that you and I would never have to suffer a forsaking of God in a place called hell forever and forever and forever. What, what, a, what a, an act of mercy. What an act of grace that was. Verse number 35, And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, Behold, he calleth Elias or Elijah. He's calling for Elijah. Now remember, there was a great messianic expectation during the days of the Passover. And so people were thinking about Elijah because after all, Elijah would be the one that would precede Messiah himself uh, they had just celebrated the Passover meal last night. Every good Jewish family would have left an empty chair for Elijah to come. So they have that expectation. So they're, they're thinking about Elijah, Eli, Eli, uh, Lama Sabachthani. It almost sounds like Elijah. Jesus probably has a parched tongue and he's crying out in anguish. I mean, no doubt he, his words were misinterpreted. And people erroneously thought, well, he's calling for Elijah. Now, were, was, was the crowd all still there from that morning? Probably not. We read in the other passage that the passers-by. So people came and went that day. Uh, some stayed for a while. Some watched from a distance, as we shall see here later in this passage. Uh, so, But those that were still there, remember, it's been three hours of darkness, but those that are still there, they hear him crying, 
And they said, oh, he's calling for Elijah. He's calling for help now. He's getting weak. No doubt uh, they were thinking. And verse number 36, and one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink saying, uh, let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to, to take him down. So uh, there have been some, there's been some conjecture about why the vinegar. Was this uh, a torture to Jesus? Like the last thing you'd want being thirsty would be vinegar. Uh, but, uh, and the other point, the, the other part of this is that Jesus said also at this point, I thirst. And he also said somewhere at this point, it is finished. Now, Mark doesn't record all of that. That's recorded in the other gospels. So why? Why the, the, the vinegar, sponge of vinegar? Uh, some have surmised that this was an insult to Jesus uh, when uh, water would have been that which would have satisfied, that which would have been a kind gesture. Vinegar would be nothing but a salt, quote unquote, salt in the wounds. Others have conjectured that what this could mean is that this was a, a bit of vinegar mixed with, 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 with wine. Remember earlier in the story, could be somewhat of a, of a, uh, of a Novocaine, of a, of a painkiller, if you will. But whatever the case was, when Jesus' lips had been had been moistened uh, after he said, I thirst, uh, he cried the greatest cry of all. And now it's not recorded here in Mark chapter 15, but it's recorded elsewhere where he said, it is finished. Three words in English, one word in Greek, to telestai, paid in full. Sin's price had been paid. Uh, the price of redemption, the offering of himself, the, the Lamb of God that would take away, all of it was complete as Jesus finished the work that his Father gave him to do. Remember, he said, I am I'm here to finish his work. He set his face like a flint toward Jerusalem. Well, all that's happening. And the Bible says that they gave him to drink, saying, let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. So even at the very end, as Jesus is breathing the last breath uh, he'll ever breathe, they're still mocking him. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if his call for help now goes answered. We'll see if uh, Elijah's there to help him. We're going to find out if he's someone special. I mean, to the very end, the mockers and the scoffers said their things. Look at verse number 37. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. So we know by comparing scripture with scripture, all the things that Jesus said on the cross. We know that there were seven separate things that Jesus said on the cross. Uh, we know, Father, forgive them. We know that he had the conversation with John and his mother. Behold thy son, behold thy mother. We know that he said to that thief, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. We know that he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We know that he said, I thirst. We know that he said, it is finished. And we know that he said, lastly, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. And so at the very end, what do we have? We have a reunited relationship between father and son. Not my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? But Father, 
into thy hands I commend my spirit. A loving, unified relationship, father and son. Why? Because sin's price has been paid. Restoration has been won. And the restoration of father to son is not just the restoration of the heavenly father to the son of God, uh, the only begotten son of God, Jesus, but that restoration is your restoration. It is my restoration. The hope that I have on my deathbed, the hope that you have on your deathbed to say, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit is the same hope that Christ had here. And that is we have a relationship with God. Why? Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, because of what he paid for, because of what he did on our behalf, because of our faith and trust in him alone, we can have a relationship with God as our father. We can become the children of God. We can have a hope of what happens after this life, all because of what happened that day on that cross. Look at verse number 37. He cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And that, that simply means he breathed his last breath. But what, a, what an act of mercy, the greatest act of all of history for all of eternity was that God died for man. The death, the burial, the resurrection, but really it was in the death of Christ and what he did in dying for our sins that sin's penalty was paid for. And the resurrection that would come just on that Sunday morning would be the ultimate validation that everything he said and did on this cross was absolutely true and valid. And praise the Lord for it. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. We're going to jump into verse number 38 tomorrow. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.